Hello and welcome to the Big Feels Club podcast with Graham Panther and this time a special guest, Amy Davis. Hello. <laughs> All the way from Canberra? <laughs> yep, yeah. Canberra. The capital of our fair country that I've been to once. And I'm sure you enjoyed it thoroughly, it as struck- everybody does. I did kind of like it. I was there for like a day. It struck me as, as a New Zealander, it struck me as a combination of Wellington, which is our capital city, and Christchurch, which is where I grew up. I would agree with that. I've been to Wellington. It's similar to Wellington. Yeah, yeah, kind of sort of a compactness. Yeah. But the reason it reminded me of Christchurch is it's quite beautiful. It's quite aesthetically pleasing, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of bushland and stuff. Yeah. It's easy to go find somewhere to go walking. It's good. When we're allowed outside. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I've still been going walking. It's just that whenever I see someone, I walk the other way. <laughs> no, not quite. But, Which is something I have yeah. always done when I'm out walking. Uh, yeah. Nat- natural people avoiding instincts. So that brings us to the topic of this podcast, which is here we are under not quite full quarantine. We're recording this on April 8th. Where currently we are just 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 strongly discouraged from leaving the house. Yes. Um, but we can sort of yeah do things like go for walks and stuff. Uh, the context of this one is Amy is one of our Big Feels Club card carrying members. Uh, yep. not Part just, of your fan club. Yeah, <laughs> not just a figuratively card carrying member of the Big Feels Club, but literally you have a card. Do you, do you still have? I have a card. It's in my wallet. Yep. Wow. See, there you go. Yeah. That's one of, <laughs> one of the weirdest parts about my, uh, I'll say job, it's not really a job, running this thing is um, each month sending out a little care package of pink Big Feels Club membership cards around the world. <laughs> well, they're good. It's a nice little reminder that there's other people out there. <laughs> also Big Feelers. Yeah. Although currently other people in there hibernating. Yeah, yeah. In inside. their houses. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the context of this one in particular is uh, something Amy and I were talking about, uh, what, like it feels like three weeks ago when this shutdown was first happening, we were messaging about the, one of the big questions you had was around like, how will all this isolation and staying at home, how might it affect my brain? Yeah. Uh, and so the topic of this one we're going to talk about today is what if all this isolation makes me depressed? Yeah. So I'm curious, what was your first reaction to the idea of working from home, staying in more, the whole shutdown thing when it happened? I was excited. I thought that it was going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, um, I guess I've, I've worked from home a few times just because I work in a job where it's kind of easy to do that. I'm, I just need my laptop pretty much. And every now and then when I've had to work from home because I've got like a tradie coming or something, I really like that change of, you know, I don't know, having having the complete silence of your house, mm-hmm. you know, and like just being able to focus on what you're doing. And But I think at the same time, when I've had to do that in the past, it's only been like one day. And so you can choose to do things that where you don't need somebody else to help you or yeah. you don't notice the like isolation that 
I'm now noticing mm-hmm. with like just being constantly at home. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's totally it. It's the, it's the kind of cumulative aloneness. Yeah. And like the other thing is I'm in a weird position where I work with my partner. So we actually work in the same office usually. Yeah. So I cut like you would think that, you know, we're working together at home. I'm not really on my own. Yeah. But it kind of doesn't feel like that. Yeah. Even though we're both working from home because we're just both in our own little world and I am actually working in a different room. <laughs> but that's that's more to do with like sharing the kid responsibilities as well because we've got um, kids to be schooling at the same time, which is a... Yeah, that's a whole other layer. Yeah. So did you just tag tag team on that? How does that work? Yeah, well, at first we were trying to just um, like we have a schedule for them like as if it's normal school and we were just trying to both be out and available to them and it just wasn't working. So we've split it up so that one of us is available for a few hours and then the other one is so that it's not... It's just too distracting having someone come and even like nice things like show you what they've done or whatever and you're like in the middle of solving a problem or something. Yeah. 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 And then you feel really mean too being like, no, go away, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, not, not that I say it like that, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you're much more forceful. Um, <laughs> no, so that, yeah, that, that's oh, a whole other sometimes. layer. There's a few things there. I mean, I, I can only imagine the the kid layer. I have this conversation with my sisters by whatsapp where like we're talking about how this whole thing is for all of us but then <laughs> each of them are dealing with two little kids as well um yeah so it's a whole other layer but, but there's some stuff there that i can definitely relate to which is the working with your partner yeah uh which obviously me and honor do that day to day with big field stuff and various other things we do together and good god that's that's a challenge at the best of times I yeah. would say. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> um, so when you add in, you're now you're now locked in one house, your workplace, yeah. and your like uh, place of rest. It, it's just it's it's uh, it's an interesting time with all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. And it's hard. Like it used to be that we had this arrangement where, or like an, an agreement that when we get to work, it's work time, and mm. it's like we're not you know, we don't talk about home stuff as much oh, yeah. as possible. And then when we leave work, that's it. It's the end of the day. But now working from home, it's really hard to have that separation and say like, all right, it's, you know, it's dinner time or whatever. Let's stop working. Yeah. It's so hard to switch off because there's no actual, like, you don't leave or anything. Yeah. You just like move from one part of your house to another. <laughs> and yeah, it's really hard. It is. It's, it's the, it's kind of, we've lost the, I guess it's, it's sort of a psychological rhythm. I think of it as. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting for me cause I already, I've, I've worked from home for years pr- precisely because I find like offices, uh, a little bit much like in terms of, I've realized in the past few years I'm, I am, I always thought I was a little bit introverted. I've, I've realized I'm super introverted when it comes to, um, things like, uh, for me, Working at home alone is perfect and always has been. But um, even then, even within that kind of, you know, my routine itself hasn't necessarily changed. Having um, all my housemates here and them not going to work and coming home 
I realize even that is like I've lost the, the rhythm. Like so, yeah. <laughs> in, instead of there being this kind of delineated time where I have the house to myself and I do my work, and then people come home and we socialize, it's just all over the place now. <laughs> yeah, I think I yeah I know what you mean because even like I I do do stuff from home like I because I study a little bit and I have like a day a week where I just focus on that and I do do that at home usually, but. It's different somehow. And I think it is partly because you don't have all the other normal things happening in your day mm. and other people doing things, you know, they're not all home usually. Yeah. 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 So I want to kind of um, get to the first question we want to talk about is, is will, will being isolated make us horribly depressed? And I suppose I'm kind of curious as to what some of the unique challenges of it might be. And we've had about, what, like three weeks of, of, experiment to, <laughs> to, yeah. to see so far I'm curious for you like what have you what have you noticed in terms of your well-being or mood or you know any, any that kind of internal landscape stuff yeah it's interesting I, I mean I think just it's the fear that things are going to get worse that's actually worse at the moment mm. than what's actually happening Shit, yeah. like it's, it's worrying about like, okay, so I can handle this for a period of time. Yeah. But how long is that going to be? Yes. And a lot of like, for me, dealing with my mental health is all about like routine and having certain things that I do during the week that I enjoy or that, um, you know, are good for me in some yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most of those things are now like not happening <laughs> because everything's been cancelled. Yeah. Um, and you know, some of it I could still be doing on my own, but I'm having a lot of trouble just getting motivated to do it. Yes. Which is silly. Like I know that I should do it or should maybe, maybe I shouldn't say should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that it would be beneficial, Yeah. but, um, and maybe it is just like us adjusting, maybe with more time it'll get easier instead of harder because we'll just get used to having that different routine and mm. what's going to work in this situation that, you know, is a little bit different to how we were doing things before. I don't know. <laughs> but that's that's the thing, eh? Like, so, yeah, intellectually we can sort of see, uh, I can see how the puzzle would start to fall into place. I can see how it would start to make sense of this long term. But the thing that you started with is, is, is the guts of it, I think, which is the fear. Like at, at yeah. the gut level, which is, it's just fucking the, the level of uncertainty of these times. Um, yeah, nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody knows it's what's like, going to happen. Yeah. And, and for those of us who have spent, let's say, had multiple trips down the existential plug hole. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm talking about multiple periods of time in our lives where like, shit hits the fan. Yeah, shit hits the <laughs> fan. The fan fucking falls off. <laughs> onto the ground, yeah. you know, um, the, <laughs> that th I think something that doesn't get talked about a, a lot in the best of times is that we quite reasonably, we almost, it's almost like PTSD for your own depressed times. Like, yeah, absolutely. So any little, uh, hint of that returning is fucking scary. So, yeah. So it's not even the, um, it's not even the, yeah, it's not even that the depression or the whatever doomtown or whatever you want to call it is creeping back in. It's just that there's the possibility it might. And that possibility is enough to make you go. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that's a really it's a really key part of it. So I think for me, I have um, until about a week ago, I was mostly I was kind of wary of getting really down and low rather than it actually happening. Yeah. But then I think what did start to change is that I started to see some things happening that would, for me, normally be early signs of going to a doomy place. Yeah, I'm totally in the same yeah same situation. So what what are those signs for you? Um, I think just not wanting to do things like yes, you know, it's that classic like you're not enjoying what you would have a few weeks ago sort of thing. Yeah. And just like mainly wanting to do things that will just let me not think about what's going on rather than Mm. like I haven't really wanted to catch up with friends or anything. I mean, you can't really, but people keep saying, oh, you know, you you should get online and do Zoom calls and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, in theory that sounds great, but... Ah, uh, just don't really want to. <laughs> I'm so in the same place. I'm really, I'm curious about that because I, I have, I have not at all wanted to do any of that stuff, and I've felt kind of bad about it because like it, it's it's one thing to turn down a, because I say no a lot to social stuff. Like I, yeah, I have a rule where I have to say yes to at least a certain amount of things in a month, but I but I mostly want to say no to everything. Um, but when it's when it's not even like going out and doing a thing, it's literally just opening your laptop while you lie in bed and talking to your closest friend, and you don't even want to do that. There's a kind of guilt about that. Yeah, I I don't know if it's guilt for me. It's more like I feel like I'm letting myself down because I know that if I did do those things, then it would be good for my mental health. It's almost like I'm like, Amy, what are you doing? You're sabotaging yourself, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I've had exactly that thought. And, and for me, it comes up as like, um, it feels like I'm letting slip like years of hard work to get where I am now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, totally. Because for me, like I've built up a, a kind of rhythm, a rhythm of socializing month to month where I have just enough things that are regular and fairly uh low key so like a weekly games night or a weekly basketball game on the weekend like i have these things in place that i I deliberately make the effort to keep up when i'm feeling good so that when i'm not feeling good i can go to them and they're not they don't yeah don't feel hard to do because i've been doing them routinely um yeah but in the current setting <laughs> I, I either can't do those like basketball's out uh or I don't want to like I've we've we've had this weekly games night every week so far since the shutdown on zoom and I haven't gone to any of them <laughs> and it's yeah it's, weird. it's like yeah it, it is that feeling of am I am I kind of letting things slip am I backsliding yeah on the other hand <laughs> and this is kind of the other part of it I I also think, or rather I I have this question in my head, doesn't it make sense? Like, doesn't it make sense to not want to do anything right now? Doesn't it make sense to, for me, it's like, what what, what do I actually want to do? I want to curl up in bed with my ridiculously long book that I'm reading about a super flu killing 
the Earth's population. Um, <laughs> that, that's a great thing to be reading yeah. right now. <laughs> I'm leaning in. Um, it's a Stephen King. It's it's a classic 1980s. I think he wrote the whole thing fueled by a lot of cocaine, so it's quite rambly yeah. and intense. But it's it's a great read. Anyway, the point is, I, I want to just kind of really go inside right now. Yeah. I think that is normal though. Like yes. a lot of people have been saying that. This is a one of those situations where we're all going through very similar things, like in, in different ways, but everybody's probably feeling crap mm. because it's it's a crappy situation. Yeah. But I think it's hard as someone that, that like in normal times has issues or, you know, like struggles maybe a bit more than the average person mm. with everyday life. Mm. Um, how do you know when it crosses the line from being you're having just like a normal reaction, everybody's feeling like that, don't worry about feeling crap? Yeah. When does it become, no, actually, this is bad, like I'm falling back into like depression or whatever yeah. um, and I need help? Yeah, that's that's the question, eh? Like where is the line? And, I mean, that's the question with so much. Uh, of this stuff, even at, even in, in regular times, like when it, you know, going to that example of socialising, the question is, how how hard should I push myself? You know, yeah. w- when when is this a scenario that pushing myself out of my comfort zone will be good for me, and when is it a scenario when that'll be overwhelming and too much? Like that that question of where's where's the line is kind of the question of, yeah. of being. Uh, a sensitive cat. I suppose in this instance, what I'm curious about is why do we need to know what what what's why is why does that question feel so urgent? Why does it feel so important to be able to 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 know? Am I am I backsliding or am I hibernating? Do you know what I mean? Like and yeah, and I think what it comes back to is where we started, which is the fear. The fear is this can go to a really scary place for me. Yeah, and especially when you have been to some, you know, pretty crappy places before, the risk of that happening again is pretty, like, it's terrifying. Yes. Um, you know, I don't want I don't want this whole thing at the end of this whole thing. Like, I'm sure that at some point, well, I hope at some point, life is going to go back to being like a bit more normal. Mm. I'm sure that it'll happen very gradually, but. I don't want that to start happening and me not be able to, like, pull myself out. Yeah. 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 We'll leave that discussion there. You'll hear a little bit more from Amy at the end of this episode, and I'm definitely going to have Amy back soon to talk more about this whole conundrum and, in particular, how to relate to these two seemingly conflicting impulses. On the one hand, the fear of backsliding, and on the other hand, the deep desire to do nothing. So stay tuned for that. For now, I'll say this. I just saw that Australia's big mental health awareness organisation has just put out their coronavirus mental health resource. And look, it's fine. Uh, Like all of these things, it's a, a bunch of, you know pretty standard practical advice on what to do for your mental health right now. But from what I can tell, at least from the information part, I didn't dive into the support options. There's no room for what I think is the key bit. 
there's no room in those helpful listicles for the fact that you have probably already thought of all of these things yourself, like call your friends, go for a walk, get dressed in the morning. And for the life of you, you don't know why you can't bring yourself to do them. Sometimes you know exactly what you're supposed to do for your mental well-being, but the thing you're supposed to do doesn't help, or you just can't fucking bring yourself to do it, and you don't know why. So you end up feeling like even more of a failure, and this time it's your fault for feeling like shit. So what I want to end on here is it's not your fault. It might be in your power to feel better, but it might not. And that probably changes day to day. So what I want to finish with is this. You don't have to feel good right now. It's a really intense time. If you haven't noticed, the world is on fire and most of the things we normally do to keep ourselves connected are not currently available. So it's not business as usual. No matter what all these advice articles tell you, you don't have to pretend like it is. I think sometimes if you've been through tough times more than once, you feel like you're supposed to be some kind of expert. You're supposed to have learned something by now. And like you probably have, right? You do have a bag of tricks. You do have resources to draw on strategies and things like that. But that bag of tricks isn't the biggest learning. Because half the time, for whatever reason, like I say, you just can't bring yourself to do any of the things in that bag of drinks, or they don't help. So that's not the resource that you gain from going through this stuff more than once. The resource is you get better and better at not having an answer. You get better and better at sitting with whatever overwhelming, uncomfortable thing is happening right now and knowing I don't need to fix this. I want to, as a little coda here, just add in one more point that Amy made uh, in our chat. This is Amy talking about how she can't bring herself to do Zoom group calls and that sort of socializing right now, even though, you know, the little voice in her head says she should be. But when she thinks of it as something she's doing for others rather than herself, it becomes a little bit more easy to do. So here's Amy. I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how in times like this, if you don't feel like you want to like, you know, do a Skype call with a friend or something like that, that it can help to think of it as like, how can I help my friends? It rather than trying to think like from your point of view, what you need to do for yourself and I found that really helpful because I'm like, if I, if I think about it in terms of like, I want to make sure that my friends are doing well, what can I do to help them? Then I'm probably more likely to do things like stay connected socially and um, like organize a games night or something like that. Because if I'm thinking about it in terms of, I want to help my friends rather than like, as soon as I even think for myself, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it like it shifts the focus. I like that a lot. I will say I've also heard from 
other big feel is saying they're helping everyone but themselves right now. <laughs> the the kind of you know the empathic tendency. So I don't think what Amy's saying is a is a an obligation or expectation. It's more if there's a part of you that does want to connect and you just can't bring yourself to do it. One way of of getting yourself moving is to kind of reframe it as well maybe i'm not doing this just for me i really like that and i'll and i'll finish with uh my own version of that which is i think i've written about this in the big fields newsletter when i am outside the house on my rare trips outside like my walk in the morning one of the most confronting things about it for me right now is how all the messaging we're getting, all the health advice is, is to consider other people a threat. You know, keep your distance, stay away. And for good reason, right? But for me, that's uncomfortably close to what, what my depressed brain tells me when I'm having a really hard time. People are the enemy, stay away. So that's an uncomfortable kind of uh, parallel. And when I'm out and about at the moment, one thing I'm finding useful is instead of thinking, got to stay away from people because they might infect me, I've been flipping that around, kind of like Amy's saying. So I say to myself, well, hey, what if I'm a symptomless carrier? And my job is to protect these people by staying away from them. And for some reason, that just feels a little bit better. Okay, we'll leave it there. Um, thanks to my guest, Amy Davis, and... Thanks for listening. You'll hear from us sometime soon.